Hi, and welcome to my Tough Love Energy podcast. This is episode number four, and this podcast is going to be a little bit different, just a slight bit different, because on the date that this podcast will be aired first, Wednesday, May the 12th, is my actual birthday. So I wanted to think of ways that might be interesting for me to market. My birthday has always, always felt like my new year. And I suppose in many ways, it's why I'm not the biggest fan of January the 1st. Um, because I always feel that your new year should be particular to you. And on May the 12th, I start my next 365 day trip around the sun. Um, so that's why it's a special day for me. Now, I do recognise that nobody's birthday is of real interest to anyone else. So what I wanted to do was to get us to focus on how things can happen to us and for us without us ever being fully aware of it. And if anything, that's the message that I want you to get from today's podcast. When I'm working with clients and even, you know, when I'm talking to people on social media, my aim and my objective always is to try and get people to retrain their minds, to help them to focus more on what they have rather than what they don't have or moving their thoughts and attitudes and mindset from the negative to the positive. Now, I, I also try myself to do the same, but I also acknowledge that it's not always that easy. We can know and we can believe that energy flows where our focus goes. And I do believe that. So the times when I'm not paying attention to what's good in my life or what I have or what I should feel fortunate to have in my life are the times and the, the occasions in my life where I know that I have wasted time and I've also wasted opportunities. Mostly obviously with the benefit of hindsight but it is always just it's a good thing for us to remember that if we do get into the habit and all of these things are about creating new habits if we do get into the habit of focusing more on what we have focusing more on the the things we have achieved rather than the things that we don't have or the things that we have failed to do so with that in mind i sat down this week with a blank page and at the top I wrote out the heading all the things I have achieved and I'm proud of since my last trip around the sun. Now to be fair to me this entire year has been spent in lockdown since my last birthday so I wasn't expecting a long list. Can you notice how I'm getting my preemptive strike in first and getting my excuses and my retaliation in ahead? But to help I began by breaking it down into categories. The first category that I focused on um, was my business. So for you, that might be your career or your job. And when I looked at my business, I started to realize that in the last 12 months that I've really developed an understanding or a very strong connection with what it is that I love to do. And this is important because the more I understand what it is I love to do, then the more of that I can and should be replicating. Now, in the early days of setting up a business, it's pretty natural to try everything. And, you know, if we're being really honest, you rarely say no to any opportunity or even to any potential client because you're 
dare I say it, you're desperate for the business. You're desperate for the proof, the evidence, the validation that you are doing the right thing. And in many cases, you're also, let's call a spade a spade, you're desperate for the funds. So at the beginning of my business, five, six years ago, you know, I was no different to anybody else. But last year, I chose for the first time to really call in the kind of clients for my, particularly for my one-to-one work that would feel and felt truly and, and fully aligned with me, with what I stood for, with my values, with what matters to me. I really wanted to work with people and I'm going to use the word only. I really only wanted to work with people that I could connect with and that I could resonate with and identify with. So these clients needed to be clients that I felt a very strong connection with and that I could see were very hungry to make their own transformation. And also that they were willing to do what they needed to do to get there. You know, that they weren't just going to turn up at our one to one sessions and look at me almost with the with the view, fix me. I wanted this to be somebody that really understood that the one to one coaching and for it to be effective one to one coaching need to be viewed as a partnership and that I would honor my part of the commitment providing that I could see that they were honoring theirs. And so I was really very specific in my intentions for these clients. But what I noticed when I started to really look at it now, 12 months on, was that they came. I got so much better and so much more confident about spotting the red flags. And I learned for the first time how to say no to clients that I honestly, that I didn't feel aligned with, but also I learned how to say no to the clients that I didn't feel I could help. And I pointed them in the direction of others or other people that I knew could help them. And it meant, and this meant for me and for my business that I, that I was, and I still am working with clients who understood very clearly the same as I do, what we wanted to achieve from the partnership. And I was going on the basis that I am not for everyone. And this helped me to view it somewhat objectively. I didn't, I didn't view, you know, if, if I spoke with a client, if I had a clarity or a compatibility call with a client and they didn't proceed, I didn't take it personally, nor would I hope that they would have taken it personally if I wasn't able to work with them. I also learned to understand that when we say no to one client, we're saying yes to somebody else that m- might need us more. So that was a really interesting development for me in my one-to-one coaching and the one-to-one part of my business. But it also feels like something that I, I can stand over. I'm very proud of and it really feels like an achievement. And I mean a beautiful space now where all of my one-to-one clients, I can honestly say with my hand fully placed on my heart, all of my one-to-one clients are aligned with me and with what I stand for and and that's what I love because the energy that you create together when you you have that dare I say it vibe going on but the energy that you create together really is magical and it's from that space that excellent transformative change can come about. Similarly, when it came to workshops and to webinars, you know, I chose these very carefully too, as I really wanted to be sure that I could devote myself fully to these topics. 
and most significantly when it came to launching my first group program last October. This was a real test to my resolve on this. I knew that that I wanted to create content that that probably that really reflected what I would have needed a few years prior. And I took on board the feedback from my clients and from potential clients on on what it was that they were looking for, what it was that they wanted to hear and wanted to learn and wanted me to share. And so then together we created something very special and something that I am enormously and intensely proud of. The 20 women that I worked with on this group programme still to this day make me feel very proud. This last year, it has been my most successful in business yet. It has been the year that I've, you know, for the first time had waiting lists for my one-to-one work and that each of my workshops and my webinars were subscribed, you know, heavily. And so that has been really rewarding. But I stopped trying to be all things to all people. And I really, you know, tried to niche down and connected with what I believed my key strengths were. And in niching down, in, in that narrowing down of what it was that I was focusing my attention on, I began to see that what I really loved doing, what really lit me up inside, was what I was now starting to focus in on more seriously. And it was absolutely no coincidence that as soon as I felt this, as soon as I embodied this, and I started to do it and to produce the content that reflected this, the business turned a massive corner. And I know that that was no coincidence. So this leads me on to the next area, um, which I again, I would consider an achievement, something I'm proud of and something worth noting. And it falls under the heading of writing. And writing is something that has been a big part of my life. Honestly and truthfully, my very first memory um, was of my writing was being a six-year-old and and I I remember so clearly that I was six because it was um, around the time of my first Holy Communion, preparing for my first Holy Communion and I remember that I had a prayer book and it would have been around April 1975, I'm showing my age there, Um, but I remember I got my prayer, my first Holy Communion prayer book early and I have this really strong memory and really strong image of me as a six year old sitting up in my bed at home with the prayer book and deciding that I needed to rewrite and reword some of the prayers in that book. Now, I also remember getting a major tongue lashing from my mother about doing that because she, as far as she was concerned, I wrecked and ruined the prayer book. But it was definitely my first a tangible connection and I can even remember the feel of the pages and the feel of the book as I was writing on them and that's that's an image a memory um, and a connection that has stuck with me even to this day. In this last year I have uh, become a weekly contributor to Image Magazine and I have to say that this has been such an honour. I love it and I'm really deeply inspired by it every single week because it forces me to sit down and to think and to plan out what am I going to share this week and it pushes me, challenges me 
And yet the feedback that I get from people that read it, from people that, you know, might even see or come across a feature or a piece that I've done weeks or months previously, that keeps me so motivated. So as I say, it has been such an honour. It continues to be such an honour and I love it. It's become a big part of my life. And this leads me on, I suppose, to the most recent in terms of things that I have done or things that I am doing, because this is a work in progress. And this has been the year, the last 12 months has been the year that I have committed to finally write my book. Now, it's not my first attempt, but this is definitely my most serious one. I have written a previous book that clearly didn't get published, but it Now, with the benefit of hindsight, I can look back and realize that that book that I have written was written more for my benefit than for the benefit of anyone that might read it. This feels like the right time now for me to write the book that is taking shape in my head and in my heart at the moment and to ensure that I stayed focused on it and to keep me very much on the right track. I engaged the skill of the amazing agent Jessica Killingly, who and I'll put uh, Jessica's website and Instagram handle below here, because if you are even considering writing a book, then you need to speak with Jessica. She is the person that's currently putting me through the hoops. But more than that, she's really helping me um, put shape on it. And and she has been the one that has has really opened up my eyes to knowing that I'm ready to do this and, and that this is the, the year that I'm going to write the book that I'm supposed to write right now. So there is a theme, obviously a hidden theme in in the previous achievements or the previous events or, or things that I've described that really are making me feel proud. And that is that in each of those, I have also asked for help. And historically, that is something that I wasn't great at doing. I always believed that, you know, if I was strong enough and capable enough and that it was almost part of my armor was to be able to always do things myself and that I didn't need help and I didn't need support. And yes, I was one of these people that thought that to ask for help was a sign of weakness. So I haven't been always great at asking for help, but I have so much evidence now of having got things done, having achieved so much that it always matched a time when I asked for help. So that's another point that's really worth noting. On a separate theme, when I sat down and I was doing my list of the things that should be added to this list and the things that I would talk about in my podcast today, the topic and theme of health uh, kept jumping up and it provides me with a very sort of, I suppose, neat little segue for things that I'm grateful for and things I'm proud of. I really, in the last, particularly the last 10, 11 months, have got very much on top of my health. I carried extra weight, which is describing it in a way that's kind to myself. I had tried everything known to man to lose weight. And and there were times that I had lost it and put it back on and, you know, all the usual. I could give every workshop, either from a Weight Watchers, a Slimming World, a point counting experience. I could do it all. And in all honesty, I just didn't know what it was going to take that was going to help me break through the barrier in a really meaningful way. 
In hindsight now, it was definitely, I was going to say it was probably, but it was definitely the arrival of COVID and the arrival of all the conversation around people that were in the highest risk that finally gave me the impetus that I needed. I knew from everything that I was hearing that overweight people were more at risk. I also knew that diabetics were more at risk. Um, I'm both, or I was both of them. And so in order to do what I could, rather than wait and see what might happen to me, I made a very conscious and a very deliberate decision that I was going to do everything that I could to improve my health and therefore improve my chances should I get COVID. And I need to add in here, I also went and asked for help. Hypnotherapist Dr. Neve Flynn came into my orbit on social media around that time which again I don't believe is a coincidence and I read up on her and I read up on the benefits of hypnotherapy and it was something that that I had tried previously when it came to um, giving up cigarettes very successfully so it was something I believed in and something that I knew could work for me. I also knew from everything that I'd heard about hypnotherapy was that that you have to you know really want to make that change and I knew probably for the first time in my life that actually my reasons for wanting to lose weight weren't about vanity weren't about aesthetics wasn't about pride it wasn't about trying to look well or look better this was about it was actually was about survival this was about me recognizing that if I was unfortunate enough to get COVID that I needed to equip myself in the strongest and best way possible. And the warning came for me, um, and I, you know, I don't mind being honest about this, but the warning came for me when one day, I think it was last June, that I found myself in the evening sitting watching television with a family size bar of chocolate that was literally bigger than my head. And so I just realized, I just knew, look, you can't, you can't keep doing this. And for me, the, the real issue was around the danger time, which was in the evenings and when I'd be watching television or when I'd be reading my book. And so that was the time that I had really pinpointed as a time that I needed to take drastic action. So come July 2020, I went through six weeks of hypnotherapy. I made my appointments with Dr. Flynn and we met online every Thursday morning at nine o'clock and uh, she talked me through or did the hypnotherapy with me online. And I have to tell you, it was enormously effective. Also, it was immediately effective that since that very first session, I don't think that I have eaten one sweet thing, one sugary thing, or anything for that matter, after my evening meal. And in the space of the last 10 months, I've lost 17 kilograms, which I know is is quite substantial. And probably what's even more significant about that is I'd lost about 15 kilos of that by the end of the year. And I have maintained it and not put on any weight in the last four or five months. I suppose that's why I feel so confident talking about it now, because I feel that I have really just totally changed the habits and the eating habits that had got me into that mess. 
my diabetes is under control i've so much more energy i feel so much stronger and yes i do feel proud that i'm now finally honoring my body in such a positive way and the lesson here is to never give up and i don't mean that in a in a patronizing way i mean it in the context of not to believe the stories that you might end up hiding behind for example i had convinced myself because of the amount of times i had heard it that you know it was harder in your 40s or in your early 50s to lose weight so i believed that and i convinced myself well it's never going to happen. I also believed that because my mother had diabetes, that because it was hereditary, that that made it my fate. When the truth of it is, what I should have been focusing on was that my fate was mine to decide and it wasn't decided by anybody else. So that was quite a, a big turning point for me. When I stopped hiding behind those stories, when I started seeing the real truth and rewriting my own story, which I continue to do today, that's when everything changed. Now, I don't want for a second to pretend that the health journey has been easy because it hasn't. Put it this way, like there have been times when I felt I had to make really tough choices, but that's just it. I did make the tough choices. I always opted for the hard thing to do or what might have felt like the hard thing to do at the time, safe in the knowledge. If I didn't, I would regret it. So again, so pleased about that. Now, somewhat related and that I feel needs inclusion in this list is my personal dental experience. Now, like many, I hate the dentist, but like few, I have a very genuine and it has been diagnosed as a genuine phobia. So this isn't just something I've created in my head. This is um, something that that is very real. To give you some idea, my last two dental encounters required me being put under general anaesthetic, and that's clearly not sustainable in the longer term. You know, don't need to go into where the trauma began. Just trust me, in the 1970s, being stuck in a dentist chair with her with her foot or her knee on your chest as she's yanking a tooth out of you that's pretty I think pretty much grounds for trauma for any child but anyhow that aside in January of this year I decided for the first time ever to make a voluntary appointment with the dentist now this was huge not just because it was a voluntary one but it was it wasn't even a necessary one it was me submitting myself to the torture of going in for a checkup not a treatment and I suppose what makes it doubly surprising is that I actually showed up on the day I followed up since then with three subsequent visits. Now, admittedly, one of these meant me being prescribed some Valium. But as I write now in May 2021, I have a full mouth of healthy teeth and that's a first for me. I suppose I have been fortunate insofar as I haven't needed a huge amount of dental work. However, like so many people I know, I had just always imagined that if a dentist took a look inside my mouth, he'd want to keep me there for a week. But actually, when it came down to it, the, of course, there was work needed to be done and fillings and all of that. But that's all been done now. I went through three separate appointments in February, March and April of this year. And so I personally feel so incredibly proud of myself for having done that. I remember one of the last days lying in the dentist chair. 
or actually I think it was around about uh, March time and I this I had read this mantra the day before and it had really stuck in my head and it was this miracles can happen for me miracles can happen for me and as I sat there probably you know spaced out of it because I was high on Valium but I remember just keeping saying that to myself miracles can happen for me miracles can happen for me and the idea behind that or maybe why I resonated so much with it was that like I had believed that miracles were what happened to other people whereas now I was coming around to the belief that miracles could indeed happen for me and the fact that I was in the chair in the first place was a miracle and that I was here to prove to myself that actually miracles can happen for me and they did. That was one that when it came to writing down the list of things that happened to me during the year that that I feel personally very attached to, that was a standout moment for me or a standout occasion. So to sum up in terms of things that that when I look back on the last 12 months, whether it was in lockdown or not, one of the other things that I committed to personally was to allow myself to go more inwards, to reach a point where I felt or could feel that I was expressing my own authentic voice. And obviously writing brings that out in you a lot. It's the fear of appearing vulnerable or the, the fear, the terror of oversharing information about yourself recognizing that in order to be able to help other people it might need and require you to share more than you might initially feel is comfortable so there was a lot of work I needed to do around that and always I suppose being respectful that the only stories I could tell were my own stories and that's something that I've honored and something I would always honor but I had to recognize that what I had to share someone needed to hear And part of that going inward helped me really understand that and helped me understand that due to my own personal previous experiences that I possibly had begun to shut my heart down, to shut my voice down. I vowed now that this the following 12 months or these 12 months were going to be about me prizing my heart open my soul open and my voice open and it's an ongoing process Um, obviously that that whole concept of learning to love yourself really takes time it takes hard work it takes pure dedication but I have to admit that I'm really loving the journey and I'm loving where it's taking me and one of the turning points for me which set me on this path was that day and I, I've written about this and I, I'm sure I've mentioned it in these podcasts before was the day when I when I literally found myself asking the question what would happen if I realized that I didn't need to fit in how would I show up differently and that journey began for me a number of years ago as I've as I say I've documented this before but it continues today it was this that inspired my realization that learning to love and appreciate myself more was going to be the starting point for me as it is for all of us and yet that concept of love yourself always felt very and I don't mean this in a derogatory way but it always felt very um new agey you know love yourself uh, and so that coupled with the aforementioned mantra of learning that miracles can happen for me this really evolved in me trusting myself more trusting that if I show up for myself as I really am that I can be loved for who I really am that I don't need to belong I belong I don't need to be accepted 
I am accepted by those that matter. All of that for me was massively life changing. And that's why I think that today really feels like an appropriate time to reflect on how far I've come on this path and acknowledging how far I still have to go. As I mentioned at the outset, I just don't believe that we give ourselves half enough credit or half enough recognition over what we have achieved and that we our default is to focus more on what we didn't do, what we haven't had a chance to do, what we can't afford to do, what we're not able to do, what we keep being stopped from doing. That's where our thoughts tend to reside. And it was only when I sat down and started thinking about what have you done in the last year? that you think is a good thing, that you think is something to be proud of, that you could term as an achievement. And it was really interesting. As I said at the outset, I thought it was going to be a very short list, but it was much longer and much more profound than I thought it would be because it wasn't about I earned this, I got that, I bought this, I went here, I saw that, I saw this concert. Because last year was more about experiences and about us reconnecting with ourselves, much more so than the distractions of the busyness of life or the distractions of materialism or the distractions of just getting on with our day-to-day lives. Last year really helped us, I think, all go inward so much more. Now, in keeping with my tough love energy theme, regardless of whether it's my birthday or not, it's not yours. Remember, it's mine. I'm going to ask you to do the same exercise. Take out your own blank page and at the top, write out the words, all the things I have achieved and I am proud of since last May. Even, you know, just do it from on a 12 month basis and see what comes up. And honestly, just remember that some of the things that ended up at the top of my list, I hadn't even considered them when I sat down initially. So let it sit with you. Let the heading at the top, let that percolate even for a couple of days. If you're having trouble trying to narrow things down, think of them in terms of categories, you know, work, life personal development, study, finances, health, whatever category will help provoke some memories. Even take out your diary or ask some of the people close to you. Can you remember something that I did last year that you would think I should be proud of or that I should consider an achievement? You know, gather your evidence, gather your information. Learn from this then how to reframe your thinking from the negative, how to refocus your default to focusing on what you don't have or that you haven't achieved or that you're not able to do or any of those stories that you've created around them. Reframe, shift your thinking, create a new habit, create a new default that instead of focusing on those things that you'll now start to focus so much more on what you've achieved and what you feel proud of. And when the time comes, because it will come in the next 12 months, hopefully, I wish you a happy birthday and hope that my little birthday message has been of some help to you. So for now, I will say goodbye to you all and I will see you in two weeks time on the next episode of my Tough Love Energy podcast.